they used to be so cool and then now they've gotten success and they've gotten money and they just changed. And can I tell you, man, I wholeheartedly reject that. I believe that success and money don't change your character. I believe it reveals it. Welcome back to The Aging Entrepreneur. I am uh, Nick Horde, your host, and I've got Michael Ray with me today again. I'm always here, aren't I? Yes, you are, and that's, <laughs> that's probably the best part of the podcast. What's what? funny is uh, the first comment we received on our podcast was from a friend of ours, and what did she say? She's like, I'm really glad that you're on there now talking to me. Oh, you're being nice. The way it was delivered to me was at least Nick's not talking the whole time. Yeah, there you go. I, I mean, I really do think podcasts work well with two people in general to get some dynamics. And then Nick and I are pretty different in a lot of ways. So I think it works out well. But then last week threw me through a spin because I was, if y'all didn't catch last week's episode, basically it was interviewing me about our uh, love behind the lens business that we have. And... I was not expecting that so much so that I told Courtney, I was like, Courtney, um, you may want to go listen to the latest episode because it's all about this. And she did. And she texted me this morning. She's like, I'm only mad at you for this. Oh God. I have to know what she's mad at you about now. <laughs> it was, uh, well, it was simple. It was just, actually I can look, but, uh, <laughs> one, it was like, I got the date wrong. And when we officially, like, I was like, technically we started in 2014, according to IRS, but we had technically from the first wedding was like 2012. So she's like, I can't believe you couldn't remember that. I was like, I was just naming off the IRS date. Next uh, thing you know, she's like, when's my birthday? When's know, our right? anniversary? <laughs> Tell me more things about you don't know. But but I, she even said, like, she's like, well, it wasn't that bad. I think it was okay. I was like, okay, good. I didn't know if you were going to get mad at me for that. So it was pretty funny. <laughs> well, I'm excited about our podcast that we're doing today um, that you adamantly named Dishwasher. I did. Which I think is funny because we're going to be talking about uh, how to be a good boss, how to be a good leader, uh, things that leaders do that you wouldn't expect. You're not better than other people. Yeah, you're, you, that's something you have to remind yourself because when you start to have success, you start to feel like you're above people. And, and I get it, right? Like that's something that naturally could happen because like, hey, I've accomplished this. I've done that. You haven't done crap or you're working for me. So I get to have control of you to a certain degree, which is completely wrong to think that way, but you naturally want to do that. Uh, but I came up with the dishwasher thing because it's kind of a, a joke here. So Nick owns the company, but I think he washes dishes. The, when we say dishes, it's the coffee mugs of about eight to ten people every week, multiple times, and it's just funny. Like, it's just like... Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's so, and it'll be like at 5 o'clock, too. Like, end of the day or the first thing in the morning, the dishes start getting washed. And you think about it, like, there are plenty of people here that can do it. Uh, he could literally hire somebody to do it if he wanted to, honestly, or get a dish, like an actual dishwasher, but you don't. Um, and I think there's something that says that. It's like that classic... The owner doesn't need the first parking spot nearest to the door. That doesn't. Well, especially me. I feel like I need to park the furthest away from the door so that I can get in some extra steps. There, there you go. <laughs> right. But, but that's a real thing, right? Because, like, uh, some people's success goes to their head. Mm. And they don't, they, they just don't think about it. And then all of a sudden, they kind of get some resentment from their team. And then it can start turning against them pretty quickly. Or they become so prideful about the whole thing. Uh, they lose sight, and then their, their success begins to dwindle over time. Michael, have you ever 
heard somebody say, typically it's around money, but it's also around success too. You know, success that really changed that person. Yeah. Or, or, or money. They used to be so cool. And then now they've gotten success and they've gotten money and they just changed. And can I tell you, man, I wholeheartedly reject that. I believe that success and money don't change your character. I believe it reveals it. That, and I, I think it also reveals the character of the people viewing you, like your friendships and stuff. That's a that's a fair assessment, too. All of a sudden, uh, you know, this, oh, gosh, it's funny that you bring that up. And I'm not going to go into detail, but there's a person that I haven't talked to in a really, really, really long time who's all of a sudden calling me a lot, wanting to get into my calendar. I mean, to me, that reminds me of the, uh, the cousins after you win the lottery. They mm-hmm. come out of the woodworks. You never hear from them. All of a sudden you do because you have a bunch of money. Same idea here, right? You have a bunch of success. It's growing. And now you're getting contacted from people that you never would have heard from in a long time. And they probably wouldn't contact you unless you had that success. Well, I'm going a, to I'm a, I'm a push back just a hair on this and say I don't think I've had a bunch of success. And I don't have tons of money laying around. I think for the first time we've moved in the right direction Mm -hmm. and people have seen success Mm -hmm. because we're on social media a lot. Mm -hmm. And I know appearances, I know how they look, I know what it looks like, but you know, they don't get to see the long nights and the early mornings and the weekends. And they don't get to see when we're in here, uh, arguing through a solution, right? That's that we're not fighting through it. We're arguing it out. We're, we're yeah. poking holes in it. And well, and I think it's something too that I think I struggle with is celebrating success. Mm. Cause there's a, there's a challenge there, right? You don't want to seem boastful about it, but you also want to enjoy what you've done to a degree. And I, I, I struggle with that side. Like talking about social media, like we put stuff out there to show we're up to, we're not trying to flaunt in or anything like that. It's like, this is just what we're doing. Um, and I wonder how many people see that and say, almost like resentfully say maybe like, oh, they're having all the good times, blah, blah, blah. Like, cause I think we've been there, right? We're yeah. talk about how somebody, a company could do really, really well or appear that way. And then we just have resentment toward them because of their success. Right. And they may not see that, you know, but I think that happens a lot. I think social media kind of drives that a little bit. It does. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of probably not resentfully saying things, but looking at what maybe a competitor is doing or looking mm-hmm. at what another agency is doing well and seeing them be successful in a similar space and just kind of be like, dang man, like I sure wish that was us. And, or I sure wish we were able to do that. Yeah. And I very quickly realize who we are and who we're not. And then I become incredibly proud of what we've accomplished. Yeah. I mean, I remember you telling me like staying in your lane the importance of that. Right. Like that's something that we've done pretty well at. Like we, I feel like we've stepped out of lane a few times experimenting. Um, and then, but we're right back in once we realize it doesn't work. Let me tell you, if I can paint a visual picture at all, it's that, it's that science student who's got the white robe on with the beaker in front of them and they poured the wrong mixture in. And all of a sudden there's this explosion in their hair. That's every time we step out of our lane. Yep. Pretty much. So occasionally we'll step out and it'll be a win and we'll have a new cool thing that we can offer. But most of the time it's the explosion. Yeah. So, all right. So getting back to the, the, I know we got off a little bit here, but what brought this to my mind uh, when I was putting the idea together I've heard, I don't know, if, have you heard the story or you probably read the story about Dave Ramsey and helping during an event? I, so I've lived that story 
with Dave Ramsey doing that in an event. And I'll talk to you, but tell the story first. Cause it's well, and like, so it's this classic when Dave Ramsey puts on a live event, they have a big truck that comes in and they have to unload everything. And, you know, Dave Ramsey doesn't have to be there. Mm-hmm. He can just show up, do his thing, and leave. But he's been noted that being there, tossing boxes and whatever, and in the trailer, like just like a normal person, just like everybody else, because it, he's part of it. It's not mm-hmm. he's not above it. He's on the same playing field as everybody else. Uh, and I think that says something, right? Like this is like a Dave Ramsey. That's like multi million dollar plus company. He has hundreds of people underneath him. But he's in a hot trailer tossing a box. Like, mm-hmm. put that visual out there. Think about, imagine the boss that you're working for right now or uh, you yourself, would you be in that trailer on a hot summer day to get it done? Or would you be standing on, on the sidelines pointing fingers watching other people do the work? You know, for me, it's it's a little different in the way I think. I mean, have you ever heard me call anybody an employee here? No. Not really, right? So I think that's the difference in how you how you lead your team on whether or not people are going to view themselves even as an employee or a team member. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I play a hybrid role in that I'm both a team member and a coach, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't I I'm going to go in there and wash my own dish, and I'm going to wash whatever's in the sink while I'm in there. Yeah, and I love it. It makes my heart sing when someone else does the same thing. I'm in there washing my own cup. There's a few more in the sink. You know what that tells me? It's not all about me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, But you see these companies where it may not even be the best use of their time to be out unloading a box. It may not be even the best use of their time to be washing a dish or cleaning a toilet or sweeping the floor or going around and making sure that the lights are turned off and let let somebody else deal with all that kind of garbage. Um, But that's where where a employee and a team member – that's that. That's the fork in the road. That's where you split. Mm-hmm. Well, when, when you have like an all hands on deck situation, that means everybody, right? That's not just everybody underneath you do the work, and you just enjoy while everybody else is working, right? Uh, and because the reality, because I think they talk about how like true leadership is when you're in the trenches with your team, mm-hmm. not leading the crowd, but you're in the crowd pushing forward. Um, and I, I, and the reason, reason why we bring all this up is that I think there'll be a point if you're building your business, well, you're just, you don't want to be in the trenches anymore. That's right. Like you want to like, Hey, I've, 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 uh, burned the midnight oil or whatever. I've done all these things. I'm, I'm above the trench now, but you're really not. If you, if it's your business and you want to see success out of it and you want your team members to have success, you have to be in the trenches with them. To a certain level. So where do you think, like, if, if you make this, you brought up the trenches, you take it from a military standpoint. At what point do you go from being a captain in the in the trenches with your team? You're still the leader, but you're out there in the mud with them, back to back in the foxhole. Mm-hmm. And you become the general where you're leading the leaders. At what point? Yeah, like, what is that? What is that how can somebody that's in that position still be in the trenches and yet be doing the high level work that's expected of them. So, I mean, that comes where you're training your leaders below, but not necessarily beneath you, but you're bringing up leaders out of the team that can do what you want them to do and be on the same level as you where you're just as involved, but just at a slightly higher point, I guess. Right. So where I even right here, like we have a leadership team and that leadership team is highly involved in the details of the business 
but you are directing us and giving us training essentially to move in the right direction as a company where you're, where you know what's going on through us. Right. You're not, you know, like at any point you could ask us what's X, Y, Z happening, what department we can give that answer and you can help give direction to that answer or that, or we come to you and just say, I don't know what to do with this. Well, let me help you. That type of thing. That's how it comes to my mind. I had a really good team member review yesterday. And when we were going through that review, I was talking about how to think, not what to do. But I can still go in when it wasn't pushback at all. It was just dialogue on it. Well, tell me what you mean by that. I was like, well, you know, I can go in, uh, let's just say a Google Ads account, and go in and I can tell you exactly where things are what to look for, make recommendations on changes, but that's not where I need to be. That's where you need to be. Mm -hmm. And now I'm teaching that team member how to think about that versus what exactly to do. I'm not, I'm not doing the hands-on, I'm not building the house. I'm talking about the blueprint. Well, I, I, you know, I always hear the phrase of your, um, you quit looking at the tree, start looking at the forest. That's right. Because the tree's important. It's part of the forest, but you have to look at the whole thing to see what's coming. So, um, anyway. But, yeah, I mean, I think bringing – because essentially, as a comp- uh, good example, that we have a client right now uh, that they've grown, but they've become their own bottleneck, mm. and they don't know how to bring up the next people to help grow the business beyond themselves. Um, and you can't necessarily just hire that away, right? You can hire somebody, but you still have to train them in the way – they should work in terms of like, this is how I expect, this is our benchmark. This is what leadership should look like. And this is how you should grow your department. Um, and that person right now is just kind of stuck because mm-hmm. they're not doing that. They just think, well, I have plenty of work to do. It's fine. Well, eventually your bottleneck will cause greater problems. Um, and I think that's something you got to think about when you're building your business is it has to become more than you at some point. Bringing on employees is one piece of the puzzle, but you can't bring on 20 employees and be the single leader in the company, like that doesn't work over time. You're going to miss stuff. There's going to be opportunities that could have happened, but you didn't do it because you just couldn't see it. When you have the right people in place, it grows exponentially over time. Part of being a really good leader is setting up the next group of people for success. Mm-hmm. Right. And what I think you're getting at is making sure that you're not trying to be the secret. Yeah. Right. Um, it's weird because the company's called Nick the Marketer. You're a ghost, remember? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I love. I love the fact that I can walk into a meeting now, and them go, "You're a real guy." Like I thought it was just the name of the company, <laughs> which I'm. I think it's totally fa- that is that is so fascinating to me. But it's not just that either. It's like it's like you said. I'm kind of a ghost now. Like even if I wasn't here, the business can grow. And that's how you know you have a business and not just own a job. You're not self-employed. You have a business. Yeah, it, yeah, that's another like key factor. If you like the classic, you've heard the school bus story. If the bus knocked killed you today, does Nick the Marker keep moving, or is it dead with you? Hmm. And three and a half years ago, it would have been dead with you. Dead in the water. Now, no. I mean, it would take a step back probably, but um, it's going to keep moving. Right. So. I would even argue that only a few people that are current clients would even know whether that, anything changed or not. Right. I mean, because at this point now you are that ghost where you only have a, a handful of 
relationships, direct relationships with clients. The rest you you probably have talked to or said hello to, but mm-hmm. they couldn't pick you out in the crowd. That's right. Uh, they they call me Nick half the time. So you know what's cool is they're not doing business with our company because of me. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe my relationships, my work ethic carried the company to a certain point. And that's where I had to start coming up and saying, okay, I need to develop some processes and procedures, um, not only for our production to continue, but even for sales to continue, even for operations to continue. At Mm. some point I had to go, I'm doing everything. Now it's time to start being the person I need to be to pass it on to the next person. And that was bumpy, like big time. Right, I, you can laugh. You can say whatever you want about that. It's absolutely right. So it's been a thing, but part of being a good leader or a good boss or whatever you want to call that, it is getting organized in those areas, and it's going to take so much effort, and it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of thought process. You know, one of the best things, Michael, was during the pandemic. A lot of people, myself included, slowed down a little bit and spent a little bit more quality time with their family. Um, people weren't as active out in the community for obvious reasons. They couldn't go outside or couldn't go out, right? And I took that time, and I built our entire playbook. Yeah. Do you remember that? I remember because uh, when you put the handbook out there, you're like, hey, I, I took time to build my business, essentially. Yeah. Where, And that's something that's important to note to people is, like, you can talk to people about what you're doing, what your processes are, or what your expectations are, but if it's not written down somewhere, mm-hmm. it's just words. Right, but if you have it written down, this is what you teach by. Like, there's a reason why uh, class, uh, a classroom and a teacher, there's a book always tied to it or some because that's where you're going to teach from. That's right. Uh, and yeah, I think when you built that, like, that kind of like the company had been around for two years at that point, but now it's like solidified. Like, this is who Nick the marketer is. It's not an idea in my head. It's not just us just pushing towards something like this is actually who we are as a company. I really believe you can correct me if I'm wrong, Michael, but I really believe when I put out that employee handbook that I wrote, not an HR department, not a payroll company that has this generic document, but I put everything in my head down into what I think is a poorly written document because it's written with like emojis and stuff. But I believe at that point, when I got it all out and distributed and, and finally got this out of my head and onto paper, we ceased to be a startup and we began to be a company. Yeah. It, it, and for us, it created clarity. Yeah. Like that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And it became, and that's so funny. Cause I, I, I we joke about how we're a three-year-old company. Um, and we, we've moved way beyond a startup. I mean, there are some companies that are four years old and are still startup mode because mm-hmm. they can't define who they are. Oh, God. I've got a good friend of mine that owns a lawn care company. He's been doing it for like 13 years. It is a dumpster fire behind the scenes. <laughs> they do outstanding work, but they like they won't even balance their checkbooks because they're afraid of what they're going to find. That's just a disaster waiting to happen. <laughs> just like... What is going on but, here? But that's a reality, right? Like right. I, I would, <laughs> I would even say the company I worked for previously, there we kind of said, "Oh, we're still in the startup mode, like year nine. Mm-hmm. and that doesn't make. By the way, if you think you're still in startup mode and you're four years into your business, you have a larger problem than you realize, <laughs> because you're probably taking on things you shouldn't. 
you probably have processes that are not in place or they are but not followed. And you're just, I mean, you're probably that guy that's probably running his business out of his personal checking account, which is terrifying but a reality for a lot of people. Michael, <laughs> have you ever read E-Myth? E-Myth. I don't know if I have. I can't remember the name of the author. It's been around a long time, but it reminds me in the book, if you've read the book, uh, I do recommend it. It's called The E-Myth. It's now called like The E-Myth Revisited. But the point is, is the, the whole book starts out with this woman who owns a bakery. Hmm. And she is trying to transition from being a cake maker to a business owner. And it's kind of robbing the joy from her to the point where she's like, like I didn't get into this so that I could run QuickBooks. Yeah. I got, yeah. I got into this so that I could be a cake maker and like bless the community and grow and make an income and, and those different kinds of things. Um, you know, I, I make the statement, the business can probably, I'm going to say probably cause we don't know for sure, but would probably continue if something were to happen to me. Which mm-hmm. I love the thought of that. You want to talk about a legacy? That's awesome. But that doesn't mean that I can't be involved in a big way in the company. And so uh, the ultimate goal for everybody doesn't have to be to work my way out of the business. What I think you're getting at is uh, finding the things that you need to hand off that aren't life-giving to you and, and don't allow you to do your best work. Yeah. You know, if I could do any one thing in the company where I was doing it, like if I had to go back and take over a position, somebody quit or whatever, I'd go back to Facebook ads. I wouldn't go to SEO. I wouldn't go to Google ads. I certainly or, wouldn't go to social media. Posting, or websites. Or websites, right? But mm-hmm. I would go straight to Facebook ads and I would, I would be enjoying that. I would like, I, that I love it. That's what I cut my teeth on. That's what I got excited about. That's how I originally started the company. And now I've handed that off because I'm doing like much bigger things and they are life giving to me too. Otherwise I wouldn't be doing them. <laughs> um, but a, a, a good leader is going to know what they should be doing and what they shouldn't be doing. Do you remember the two questions I asked you? Mm, probably well, not. Well, okay, that's okay, because I've been asking people this. I asked you, as a leader, because I want, I want feedback from my team. Oh, yeah. What am I doing that I shouldn't be doing? Yeah, I do remember this now. And then I flipped that question, what am I not doing that I should be doing? Mm-hmm. Help me, help me see the blind spots. Help me see the gaps. Yeah, and then call me on the things where I'm getting in the way. <laughs> we went to a meeting. Uh, was that? I think that was you, or or it was Devin. I can't remember. But y'all were about to have a a, a client meeting. <laughs> I was like, you want me in there? No, that was me. <laughs> no, I, I don't want you in there. That was that was me. But I think <laughs> Devin would probably say the same thing. That was so funny. Oh man, you got to talk about that. Why why can't I go into meetings with you, Michael? Well, okay, so. I think that one, may, this that one may have been misunderstood when it's I said so, it. So funny. <laughs> but I did say it very strongly, which I think is kind of funny. But uh, but it's kind of funny. Well, there's nothing wrong bringing, like, I brought you into meetings, especially when I'm up against a wall and I can't figure out what to do next. I just need somebody, a different mind in that mm-hmm. meeting. Uh, like, I bring you on the difficult stuff, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Sorry. Appreciate but, you bringing me on all this. But you know, at the, the same time, stuff. it doesn't happen very often. So I've That's either, a good point. I've either raised my bar on difficulty in terms of what I can handle, or I just get rid of the difficulty ones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that happens, too. Correct. But Recently, now, I think. Yeah, actually. And I actually felt really... By the way, it feels really good to fire a client. Um, actually, really good. But anyway, so... <laughs> 
you said uh, you just had to unpack something there just just now. Ah, it was nice. Um, anyway, continue with your thoughts. Sorry, I just Nick's not allowed in meetings. So when I said no, no, I don't need you, my mind was going through. Well, one, I I own this position. Like I I don't need your assistance. Two, like this sounds terrible, but when when you're involved, you want the deal to happen. And it will just happen. And we're like, well, that's not exactly what I was going. And it gets shifted mm-hmm. um, because you're, you know, you're the owner. You're excited to bring somebody on. Like, and you're still uh, in, well, we talk about startup. You were still like startup, but we're going to get this client. I don't want to hear a no. Mm-hmm. And you'll make it happen. And then like, like myself and Devin, we're, we're more methodical. And like, no, this is, we're not going to adjust things while we're here. This is what we're going to do. Um, and so it's just kind of like a joke almost like, you know, if you bring Nick in, it's going to happen, but you may, may lose a little bit of money on the side or something. Could be. <laughs> That's not a good joke, <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it's a reality. But I think like if I was in your position and I was, and I had a salesperson, they brought me in and I was part of it. I was like, I, I want to make sure this sale happens. Right. Like I'm super interested to make sure my salesperson is successful and I don't want anything to waver. So I don't want to leave anything unturned, right? So, but I get it, right? I get it. Right. But I, like I said, I think some of my reactions are saying, no, it was really just like, you don't have to be part of this. You have better things to do. That's right. No. Well, I don't have better things to do, but I do appreciate that you think I do. <laughs> that's a good That's a good thought process. <laughs> All right. So I, I, I like this comment of uh, your business is booming, but your attitude is failing. I, I'd love for you to dive into that a little bit because I, I believe I know where you're going with this, but I want to hear it from your perspective. Now I have to remember why I wrote. I, I joke with Nick. I was like, I write some of these while I'm rocking my two-year-old to sleep at night. Because, you know, when she's half asleep, I'm waiting for, like, to relax. I'm just on my phone typing ideas that come to my head. But anyway, uh, yeah, your business is booming, but your attitude is failing. In my head, when I came up with that, it was simply you're at, like, it kind of goes back to you're being, a, you're trying to, you're mentally saying I'm a lot better than everybody else now. Mm-hmm. I I have done the things that you can't do. Uh, you thought you were successful, but look at me. Like your whole entire perception of like you did this all by yourself and right. nobody helped you, air quotes. That's a complete lie. Like there's no way, like very rarely that you make all the success out of a business and there weren't people along the way that helped get you there. That's right. Uh, and then you kind of turn, you know, all of a sudden like you're Mr. Hotshot and that shouldn't be the case at all. Michael, how long would this team stay together if I walked out of this office and I was like, I'm Nick the marketer, man. Like, I did this. This is me. Like, th- you're welcome. So you'd have to the end of the year and then we'd probably all check it out. Everybody. Yeah, because... I'd res- probably get one pass because y'all know who I am. Yeah, first thing is sarcastic. Like, that guy ate a bad taco. We should talk about <laughs> Something's up with that. Or he had his two beers. That's it. The, oh, well. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. That, es- <laughs> that escalated quickly. That's awesome. But anyway, <laughs> uh, no, but, yeah, I mean, if you come out and said something like that, I mean, the resentment would start. Oh, immediately. And then, um, and then we would poke and prod it. And if it's maintained, like, yeah, forget this. Yeah. Like, we're moving on. Like, because it, it's, it's frustrating if, if you see somebody like, I did all this, blah, blah, and there's like a whole team underneath them. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, screw you. You know, you didn't do any of that. That's right. So you just started the thing. I mean, I think some people get that resentment if they have like a, 
a family business they start and they bring in like the son or whatever <clears throat> and he's all of a sudden over everybody and he's like look how successful and all this money I'm making and they're like dude you've been here for a year and it's because your last name you know that's that right re- yeah you know it's funny that you bring that up because you know Kimberly's with us now mm-hmm. and she's my sister and she is incredibly talented at what she does yeah. like she wouldn't be on the team otherwise but I, I knew I started talking to you guys way before you're nervous. I brought her on the team. And I started saying, hey, tell me about what would happen. How do you feel about this? Like, let's talk about this a minute. Um, and I started setting the table way before I brought her on. Mm-hmm. Board. And I've had conversations with her saying, you're going to have to work harder, be nicer, dig in a little deeper. You're going to have to outshine, not outshine as in look at me, look at me, but just be over the top good at what you were brought on to do. Otherwise, people are simply going to say you're here because of your name. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what I tell them. And I've already done all of this preliminary work to, to, to say, hey, I really believe she can do the job in a high-level Nick the Marketer type of way. She's going to be a good fit. So far, she's proven to be a great fit, unless, mm-hmm. you know, something I don't. No, it's funny because she and I have talked quite a few times. Uh, I've asked for things from her and vice versa, like I've helped her with stuff. And uh, she just naturally feels part of the team. Mm-hmm. Like there's not like this um, like back thought of like you're, you're talking about how she needs to outshine, right? Like, mm-hmm. And when I ask her for something, I get like an immediate response or she explains like, let me look at this, but I got to do this first. Like it's the communication super high um, and – but I don't have like a loss of confidence. Right. Like I don't have, because we've had those employees where yep. if I send a request, I'm like, they're never going to respond to me or they're going to give me some lazy response and ignore me. Um, and I don't have that feeling at all with Kim. Right. Yeah. She, she does an outstanding job, but I, I think what's funny about that is none of that was not without design. Yeah. You know, I spent all that time, I mean, I would say a year almost of talking about. I remember when you first came to me about bringing on Kim, mm-hmm. and I, I I remember talking about it, and I was like, it's not the right time, because mm-hmm. that was, what, a year and a half ago, maybe? Yeah. Right. Um, and I was like, it's not the right time. And and at the time, too, you weren't quite sure where that would fit either. Right. Um, and and I think we were all right. I think we were all correct. Like, it wasn't the right time. The fit wasn't, it wasn't obvious where she needed to be. But then when you, we finally did bring her on, I was like, okay, yeah, this is a perfect fit here. She's sliding right into place. I mean, she's been with us a month. Gosh. Is it a month? Feels longer, but yeah. Uh, well, it should for you because you've known her forever. Yeah, but right. uh, but yeah, about a month or so. And I think she's to the point where she's like the training that she's gotten, she's about there. And now I'm naturally going to her for something rather than Heather. And that's what needs to happen. That's right. So... Yeah, I think it's been fantastic. I, I, but I think you're right. There was a lot of prep there. Because if you just cold brought her on, hey, my sister's going to come work for us for doing this. Like, who's this? <laughs> How did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why is this happening right now? That's right. Um, and, like, oh, and then it becomes, oh, no, who else is going to come from the Horde family over mentality? Probably not anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a next generation could come up behind them. Yeah, that's true. There's a strong possibility of that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, it's just like, but you did it, you know, you brought it on the right way. So it 
and it was an actual need to be filled, not mm-hmm. just that this person hates their current job and uh, I'm going to get them out. I'm doing a charity case right now. It wasn't that. No, no, no. It wasn't that at all. And and also it was very intentional not to put her in any type of leadership role. Yeah. Like you're not going to manage people. You're the same person as yep. the next person I would hire. You're, you're coming in just like anybody else. She went through hiring processes. Uh, we, we did the dinners and everything in Memphis and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but the, the, the point at the end of the day is I also took the time to listen to people in the business that I trust because a good boss trusts his people, yeah. trusts her people, right? Well, but, I, I think that, and actually this alludes to our next episode a little bit, but I think you go from boss to a leader when your trust is in their people. Yeah. Because as a boss your trust isn't 100% with people, in my opinion, because you're still dictating a little bit. Because I think, personally, I think there's a negative connotation with boss. There is in my eyes. Yeah, and I think I don't think it's just you. I think, I think a lot of people, yeah, what'd your boss say? You know, stuff like that. I, I, I never hear something super positive. Now, when I say, like, you know, Nick's my boss, but I say it, like, in a passing way. It is nails down a chalkboard to me every time you do that, too. All right. Nick Ford <laughs> is my boss. But um, <laughs> anyway, but I think that leads to our next episode. We talk about being a bad boss. Um, but then I had this one other note here about respect your time, but respect others more where you are. And this is something like we talk about culture wise, how we have such a high respect for each other's time in here where like nine to five, it's five fifteen. We're not talking like unless it's dire. But right. it's pretty rare that it ever is. And if we are talking, it's like personal. It's not business related. And I think um, a lot of leaders or business owners miss that concept where, yes, in your head, this has to be done. This has to be done. You, but you don't need to abuse your team to get it done. Mm-hmm. You need to put in your time if it's so important to you and not just destroy your team's time. Because I, I, think, I think a lot of business owners say, well, I pay you salary so I get to cannibalize your time like I get you for 40 hours but I really get you for 60 if I really wanted it right because I hold your paycheck and you know it's it's funny that you say that we had a client one time that wanted an account of all the time that we spent on their account Mm -hmm. and at the time it's been a while so at that time we weren't tracking project level time like we do now like now we want to know what capacities are and everything but I'll never forget looking at him. It's like, you're not paying me for my time. You're paying for me for the service that I provide. And the results. And the results that I give to your business. You're not paying me for my time. Yeah. And boy, he did not like that. But yeah. I'm like, you're stuck in a mindset that is incompatible with how we operate. Well, and like, and when we charge people, we don't charge an hourly rate. No, we don't. So, because reality is, and what we do, because I got a joke with people, like, marketing is not one plus one equals two. It's one plus one equals 27 or negative five or whatever. You can be all over the place. Yeah. There's no right. There's no right or wrong answer. It's just always a little different. Um, and so if we tracked our time, there are some clients that probably owe us 10 times what we charged them. No doubt. Because we had to make it work because we're held to the results, but that's right. But yeah. Anyway, so overall, you know, we're getting toward the end of this episode here. So just kind of, uh, any other comments, Nick, that comes to your mind? Cause then we went through a couple of things here, but you know, the, the goal of course is showing like, don't, you know, you're, I guess I could bullet down to humbleness is super important as a business owner and right. don't lose the sight of that. Yeah. Uh, it, 
if there's any action item to take away, it would be what are the things that you are doing in your business that you want to continue to do in your business no matter what your success looks like? Yeah. And don't stop doing it. Mm-hmm. Those are your passion points. Those are the things that are huge for you. And I, I, I just want to encourage you, cleanliness, cleanliness and, and showing, uh, uh, showing a successful appearance, if you will, that's important to me. So I'm always going to go do the dishes. Yeah. Right? It, that doesn't matter to me. If there's dishes to be done, I'm going to go do the dishes. So think about the things that are important to you that you want to do, whether whether or not somebody else can do them. Well, like even talk about cleanliness, like making sure we have a clean office, like that's important. It is. I think we even had issues with our building about picking up trash stuff. I mean, like we made a, a pretty high priority. Hey, this needs to be cleaned, or we're going to have to start doing it. That's right. It's impo- and and if you looked at our office, it wasn't that dirty, but it was also like this is. This doesn't line up with our priorities in terms of we have, when people come to this office, they need to be comfortable coming in here. So, but anyway, well, cool. I think that was a good episode going through all that stuff there. Guys, tell us, or guys and girls, tell us uh, what stuck out to you. What, what, if you started your business, are you the dishwasher? Are, do you find yourself doing things that you still love to do in the business and then have you handed them off properly? You know, the things that you don't want to do so you can concentrate. But, um, any, anything else, Nick? We're good no, there? That's fantastic. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll catch you on the next one. Have a great week. If this podcast inspired you to take action as an entrepreneur, we want to hear about it. Send us an email, agingentrepreneur at gmail.com. And if you like this episode, please consider leaving us a review or five stars on whatever platform you're listening to. Until then, find your dream and keep chasing it.